Thanks for listening to the latest Football Digest podcast, available on all major podcast platforms. Subscribe now through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast, or wherever you get your podcasts from, so you don't miss a single episode. Hello and welcome to Football Digest with Anita Abayomi and me, Peter Staunton. We are joined today by Mark Jones, who's the Sports Features Editor for The Mirror, and Ned Keating, who's the Head of Video Sport for Reach. Today, we are discussing the England World Cup squad. Who's in? Who's out? What Gareth Southgate might have got right, what he's got wrong, and whether it'll all be enough for England to take home their first World Cup title since 1966. The names in the frame all morning have been James Madison, Ivan Tony, Ben White, Fakaya Tomori, Kyle Walker. Some of those have met the 26-man cut and some have not. So let's get straight on with it. High-profile omissions. Anita, the highest-profile omission for you from the aforementioned lot. We have Tony, Abraham, Sancho, T- uh, Gwehi, Bowen, Ward-Prowse, all of those guys not going to the World Cup. What, what's your assessment of those names? I mean, my assessment, I, I'm not surprised for some of them. A couple of them I just thought, okay, like... um. I'd say Tammy Abraham, he got pretty hard done by, but at the same time, he hasn't had the best of seasons since he started um, this season. Last season, he was great, but you've got to kind of continue that form, especially when you don't play in the Premier League. You have to continue that form and give Gareth Southgate a reason to want to come to your games, want to give you an assessment. I want to kind of say, okay, you can definitely come into the England squad. But Mm. a big one for me, Pete, is... Can I just say that? On Abraham, I think that Marcus Rashford has got the benefit of the doubt that Tammy Abraham did not get. Yeah, 100%. But you've got to understand at the same time, Marcus Rashford for England, he, he doesn't really let England down, okay? Bar the penalty in the Euros last time. Bar, you know, the actual penalty situation. What have the Romans ever done for us? <laughs> <laughs> but is it? No, but it's true. Like, he hardly ever lets England down and he's always a star for England. And to be fair, he's one of England's star boys. So I, d- I did not expect Marcus Rashford to be admitted at all. I always mm-hmm. expected he'd be on there. The, the person for me, right? And this really grinds my gears. I was going to say something else, but I didn't want to be rude. I right? think I know where you're going with this. I could nearly have a guess who you're going to say here. It's Fakaria Tomori. I, I know, I, I know, I, I know. I, I know. can't fathom it. I can't. And I understand how Maguire needs to be in the, in the squad. I don't care. He can be in the squad. That's fine. You have your reasons for it. But the likes of Eric Dyer, Connor Cody can be debated. And Fakaria Tomori can be put ahead of these two selections. Whether he even plays in the tournament or not, that's down to um, Gareth Southgate. But the fact that he's not on the plane to Qatar wow that wow and I'll stop there so everyone else can get their, their turn but just wow right well what I want to do then I want to bring in Mark Mark you're you're going to the World Cup so uh a bully for you I mean it's nice for you to get to go out there to, to go in the tournament um but I, w- I just want to get your assessment of maybe some of the omissions because obviously last couple of days I think James Madison is probably the big one. We'll get on to the inclusions in a moment. Uh, But everybody seemed to have something to say about who should go, who shouldn't go. Out of the pile of rejected players, um, who do you think should be uh, feeling most hard done by licking their wounds? uh, Um, Probably one we haven't mentioned yet is is Ivan Tony, isn't it? Um, Mm -hmm. I think think you've obviously the fact that there's going to be, everyone knows just Harry Kane, he's going to play. But you need you need that sort of number nine as his backup because as we've seen, I think last night wasn't it? Kane looked absolutely shattered in the um, in, in the league cup, and he said he's exhausted. Yeah, and and yeah. you know, and also you, you have to feel as though he's going to get a rest in the group stages at some point. So so you need that number nine. So I guess it came down to Tony, Callum Wilson, who it is, or uh, Abraham, and 
And that's where, as, as I need to say, that's where if you're Southgate, how many defenders do you want? How many centre-backs do you want? You know, if you're, if you're, if you're loading your, your squad with defenders, do you actually be a bit more, you know, perhaps a little bit more uh, ballsy, a bit more creative and just say, okay, maybe we'll have two uh, extra number nines and not just one. So I think Tony, he can, he can uh, certainly feel hard, hard done by, um, although having said that, Callum Wilson probably deserves it as well. So, um, yeah, that's that's my only thing with it. I think it would be nice to see them go with two sort of spare strikers as opposed mm-hmm. to what, the one that they've got. Obviously, there's Rashford as well. And and, and as I think it says, I think Rashford was going to be in because he can play wide, can't he, as well? So, um, you know, I think I'm not, the, I'm not, there's no real surprise that, that he can play wide in a, in a front three or, or, or through the middle. So, uh, I'm not surprised by Rashford. But yeah, yeah, Tony's the one I think mm-hmm. can feel hard, hard done by. He's been incredible performance. And also, Penalties. Penalty he, kicks. He, he, scores, he scores every single penalty that, that he takes. Now, if anyone had 118th minute substitute missing a penalty in a shootout written on him in this tournament, it was probably either Tony, right? But um, yeah, yeah, so he, he, can, he, can, he can feel out done by it. Yeah, I think so. Just for his penalties alone, he probably would have been um, a good shout. Just take him, you know, just give him a, a ma- give the rest of a masterclass in training maybe yeah. before the tournament. This is how you do it. This is a <laughs> fail safe method. Uh, yeah, I do think. Um, Ivan Tony probably hard done by. Um, of course, Kane is set in stone, isn't he? There's nobody going to displace him from the lineup. And, you know, you mentioned Abraham, you mentioned, uh, we haven't even mentioned Dominic Calvert Loon has just got back to fitness. He was kicking around the England squad that maybe this time last year, 18 months ago. He wasn't even in the, he wasn't even, you know, mentioned today as an omission. People thinking, oh, wow, Dominic Calvert Lewin isn't going. I think, is, I think he's injured again. I think, I, think, I think he's got another injury now. So, yeah, I think he's out for a while. Yeah, yeah well, I mean, it hasn't stopped him calling up Kyle Walker, has it? So, <laughs> The other one I wanted to mention, um, I don't know even if he merits discussion at the moment, Ned, is is Jadon Sancho. Have we just got accustomed to the fact that he's not an England international anymore? I mean, he should be at the peak of his career. Massive move to Man United. It's just not worked out for him at all, has it? Exactly. That's the big issue. He's just not hit any kind of consistent form. We see little flashes and he'll kind of do well in games or maybe two games in a row, but he doesn't string those kind of five games in a row that, that says to you, that he should be back in this England squad. You know, his adjustment back into England, it hasn't been great. We're all expecting this big old triumphant return, how great he was at Dortmund, how impressive he had been on England duty. Um, I think it was, what was it against, was it Kosovo in 2019 at the St Mary Stadium down in Southampton? And he delivered a a performance that kind of really put everyone on note across Europe that this kid was going to be something special. And as you said there, you know, it's not worked out for him at Man United, so that's the big issue. And you look at those other players around them in the squad that he would have been challenging for, you know, he likes Phil Foden. We can argue about Jack Grealish as well. He's not been great. I think he's quite fortunate to make it into this England squad, frankly, given his form for Man City, not just this season... He's escaped. Whole. He's escaped scrutiny. I think uh, mm-hmm. in the run-up uh, to this squad being picked, it was he was almost an automatic pick without really a lot of people considering how good or bad or indifferent he has been this season. And especially the numbers that he's delivering as well. Like you know, he was this kind of poster boy. I wonder if James Madison's going to be the poster boy for this this England squad almost, where everyone's at, at Box Park and the fan parks and whatnot chanting for him to be starting and playing like they did with Jack Grealish about eighteen months ago, but. But, you know, you look at the others. Rashford's been playing better for United this season. Bukayo Saka. Again, we could have a discussion about Sterling, but we know Sterling is always going to be He's picked. And, and the role, exactly. He plays a different role, I think, for England. Him and Kane must play as like a double act up front, don't they? And they, they work quite well together. So you look at the players that have been picked that Sancho would have been going up against, and his numbers just don't stack up against them. So it's... A sad indictment of where he's going in his career. Is he, you know, I don't want to say is he going to be the next Delhi Ali because 
he's got time on his side. He can turn it around as well. Well, he's he not in the squad either, is he? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> he's never even talked about it, was he? No. Um, you know, and he's not even doing that well at Besiktas. And you hope that Jaden Sancho doesn't go that way and, and his career doesn't peter out that way because he's still got time to turn it around. And we could be sat here at the next World Cup going into, into USA, Mexico and Canada hosting it. And Jaden Sancho's in that English squad, an integral mm. part of it. It's just unfortunate that so far for him at Man United, it's just not worked out. And it's not worked that's out. resulted in him not being going to this World Cup. I want to, Anita, I want to ask you about a couple of other names that, that have been on the omissions list. One, um, I wanted to ask you uh, about Jared Bowen, uh, West Ham player, very pacey, great shot, um, nice player, has been in and around the England squad, he's not made it. Uh, but the other one that I think, the, the one who I think has been most hard done by uh, in this list, well, maybe not most hard done by, but certainly hard done by, James Ward-Prowse for me. And I think just on on set piece, dead ball ability alone, I think Prowse should have, uh, Ward Prowse should have gone. You know, he's probably the best English free kick taker they've had since since David Beckham. Um, set piece delivery corners, free kicks from out wide, fantastic, can score a penalty as well. And the way that England tend to attack, they're not a free flowing team, are they? They like to almost play like a like an NFL team, get up the field and then ex- execute a set piece. I think somebody like James Ward-Prowse would have been ideal for that. Am I miles off here, Anita? I don't think you're miles off, but I look at the England selection of midfielders. There's probably one name that will probably come to their surprises, but there's one name there where I could have said, okay, James Ward-Prowse could have probably warranted uh, a position ahead of him. But I kind of understand it because one thing you can't do is rely on James Ward-Prowse to come alive if there's a set piece. I think James Ward-Prowse is a great baller, right? Uh, overall, he's a good baller, but is he a baller that you want to have in your midfield every single game in the England in the England squad? Not really, not necessarily. You've got Calvin Phillips there. You've also got Declan Rice in there. You've got Mason Mount, who's going to be playing, potentially playing in there. Um, Phil Foden, mm-hmm. who's playing in there. There's so many names in there where I just think, okay, if James Ward James Ward Proud has to bite a bullet, then he probably has to at this point um, in in the whole England kind of setup because there's just so many options to choose from. And it's like, what, do you not take Jude Bellingham, who's a fairly creative, who's someone that you need to be getting up the pitch? Do you not take Mason Mount? Do you not take Phil Foden? Conor Gallagher, again, will come to the surprises. He's a surprise for me. It could have, he, he could have, probably could have gone in ahead of um, Conor Gallagher. But again, you're not far off. I think um, Jared Bowen is more of a shout than James Ward-Prowse was for me personally. I'm quite upset Jared Bowen is not in there. But again, I get it. But Jared Bowen has worked his butt off. He's worked his butt off. And I I just feel like he should have been given that opportunity. But fair play to Gareth Southgate. I I understand the mid-full situation. Maybe then we will we will come on to some of those surprise inclusions. Mark, I want to come to you uh, for this. First one I want to talk about, well, first two I want to talk about, two Man City players who've been struggling with injury, uh, long-term uh, England favourites uh, of Gareth Southgate, and maybe, you know, a stick to beat Southgate with that he doesn't always pick on form. He tends to pick on reputation, people who've done well for him in the past. I want to talk about Calvin Phillips and Kyle Walker. Mark, why has Southgate included Kyle Walker, for example, when he has included Reese James? Reese James got a phone call the other day to say that he wouldn't be picked even though he's injured. And now we've got Kyle Walker, who is working his way back to this match fitness, not going to be ready for the first match day, probably not. And Calvin Phillips, who's played about as much Premier League football this season as I have, which is not very much at all. 
Yeah, I think it's just different levels of injuries, isn't it? Um, the Phillips one, I mean, I'll be honest, I forgot he existed until about two weeks ago. And um, I saw people talking about him. I was like, oh, yeah, Calvin Phillips, yeah, he went to, went to Man City, didn't he, for a lot of money. Um, he's a very good player. He obviously was important in the in the England team in the Euros a um, year and a half ago, which, which again, you know, is, is, is sort of odd to think of now because we haven't seen him. Um, but he's, he's a great, he, he was a great player for Leeds. He has had um, these injuries which, which have held him back at City and obviously City is such a hard team to break into anyway. So he was going to have a hard time, I think, anyway, what happened with City. But I think um, in terms of talking about Southgate's loyalty to players, yes, but you can look at other areas of the squad and so he hasn't done that. You know, in terms of bringing in the likes of Ben White and, and James Madison, they're players who he perhaps wasn't as keen on before, but they've come in based on their form, really. So I think there is a mixture of it. Kyle Walker is a player who, I'll be honest with you, I wasn't a big fan of um, up until the last sort of few years. When he was coming through, I never quite got it with him. But but now, now at the age he is, and he, the pace on him is incredible, isn't it? Um, the age he's at, he's he's developed as a player. And he's very important in in a system where you know he can play in as a centre back in a back three. You know he can play on the right hand side of the three with a, a, a right side player ahead of him, like a Trippier or a Trent or whoever it is ahead of him, which doesn't allow you know he doesn't have to go forward as much, so he's not he's not straining himself as much, so maybe he can manage the injury better. So um, I think he's an important player for the group to have. He's obviously another big thing that Southgate he likes these characters around us, and he likes the people who who sort of mesh well with the squad. Connor Cody. That gets said about a lot, doesn't it? So I think he's an important player for England to have. The big question is how fit is he? And 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 yeah, you, we perhaps won't see him in the first game. You might have to wait until perhaps the second or third uh, game of the group. And then, you know, you, I guess it's it, it's all to do with how well England do in the tournament. I mean, if they go to the second round and all of a sudden they get knocked out and Kyle Walker's not played, then of course, of course we're going to look at it and question why would he take him? But... I just and unfortunately, uh, I think you know the real shame is, is obviously Reece James just wasn't wasn't fit enough, and you know you can you can see from that that statement he said yesterday he was obviously so desperate to to get there, but it's just I think he's obviously just ran out of time, which is a real shame because uh, he's such an important player, such a great player for him as well. He certainly has, uh, Anita. Yeah, right. I also think this this is kind of morbid, so please like <laughs> take wow. me in. It sounds gently. great. Go on. Yeah. <laughs> take me in gently, right? Kyle Walker's 32, right? And I'm not saying that he's coming to the end of his career because we've seen Cristiano Ronaldo go on to age 38. We've seen Thiago Silva go on to age 38. But there is much more satisfaction in knowing that Kyle Walker is going to have to be nurturing an injury instead of Reese James at the World Cup, for me personally. Because Reese James, he's still got another, I'd say another one or two World Cups left in him. And if he has to sit this one out for a normal World Cup in the summer when we go to the USA, then so be it. It's kind of like a sacrifice for longer term game, in in my opinion. So I think Southgate was correct in choosing Kyle Walker. And of course, the maturity and the level of experience Kyle Walker has in these situations is unparalleled. So yeah, I, I agree with the Kyle Walker shout. And I feel for Reese James, but re- I'm a Chelsea fan, Mark. If you didn't know, I just need Reese James fit and healthy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, think, I, I, I think you're right. I think you know, he's going to have World Cups in the future, isn't he? He's going to he's going to play World Cups in the future. He's going to play you know big games for Chelsea in the future if you get in the Champions League, you know. But um, you know, in terms of Kyle Walker, it might be it might be his last one. So so yeah, he's gonna he's gonna wanna he's gonna wanna go and he's gonna gonna wanna be part of the squad. And yeah, it's it's understandable why I think he's he's gone. Uh, despite the injury. 
Mm -hmm. Ned, I wanted to ask you uh, just to expand on Phillips, actually. Uh, I think Bellingham is a better player and I think he's ahead of of Phillips now. But we know that Southgate has been loyal. He likes this Rice and Phillips partnership. He's not going to go as a backup, is he? Or uh, do you think he's he's going to be playing um, sort of second fiddle to Bellingham from from here on in? Well, I think they're very two different types of players. Um, and I think Philip suits more Gareth Southgate's pragmatic style. You know, again, um, I've already seen in the comments that someone's not happy with us talking about the Euros. He's going to be very angry with me right now when I go back to talk about the Euros here. But in the final against Italy, we saw Southgate's pragmatic style come to the fore where any other manager take an early lead and England are on top of Italy in that final. You dominate, you, put, you kind of put your, your foot on the neck for want of a better term, you put your foot on the neck and you make sure that they can't breathe. Southgate being pragmatic decided that that wasn't the, the plan and obviously we know how that ended up for England. So that being said, whilst I would advocate for Jude Bellingham playing and he should play because he is a generational player, he is brilliant, he is phenomenal, he is boss in the midfield for uh, Borussia Dortmund in Champions League matches. You know, even every time he plays against Man City, we get that real up-close look at how good he is and, and how probably suited, hopefully, probably more suited. I say this, obviously, with the caveat that I've spoken about Jaden Sancho and he's not come across that great uh, back to the Premier League, but hopefully Jude Bellingham can, can transfer that back to the Premier League if he does join it one day. Um, but he's this generational player that you need to have in your squad and he's running games and he can run them for England, but he's not a Southgate player, I don't think. Southgate likes having those kind of two not holders, but definitely kind of two more defensive-minded players. That's what he's got in Phillips and, and Rice. And, and we saw it, obviously, again, you know, I, I hate to go back to the Euros again, but Phillips, he definitely played a little bit more of the attacking of the pair of them um, during the Euros. You know, you remember that opening game against Croatia and, and his runs from deep. He had that kind of licence, but he also was disciplined enough to be able to sit back and, and hold there in that position. And this comes down to whether or not Southgate trusts Bellingham enough to be able to hold there, do that position, do that role, over Phillips and whether or not he's fit. I think for the first games, possibly, definitely against, I don't know, because then England are playing Iran. So I'm trying to coax myself into thinking that maybe Jordan Henderson might, might start that game where Southgate's got this idea that he likes those kind of two sitting pivots almost and one can kind of break forward. But I suppose then that game against Iran is the one they, where you can really throw Bellingham in from the start. We don't expect Phillips to be fit enough to probably start that game. So why not give Bellingham a shot and kind of, you know, here's the shirt, make sure you don't lose it, that kind of yeah. attitude towards him. I guess we'll see when the squad numbers come out. That might might be interesting as well. Um, Anita, I just wanted to come to you. I've seen a a couple of comments here about about the left-back situation. So obviously Luke Shaw is going to go in there as as first-choice left-back, left-wing-back, whether England play a three or a four. Yeah, three or a four. Um, No Tyreek Mitchell, uh, no Ryan Sessegnon. Obviously Ben Chilwell's been injured. Ashley Young was even in with a shout at one stage, we're led to believe, uh, for this squad. I think the depth on on that side compared to the right side, compared to any other position in the squad, is 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 quite alarming. And if Shaw, prone to injury, prone to bookings, does something silly or unfortunate in the first couple of games, uh, what are we going to do in in that left back slot? Uh, we play Bukayo Saka in the left back in the left back slot, and that's going to cause a lot of issues um, because I know the England public they would not want to see that. Bukayo Saka playing at left back, yeah, Bukayo Saka is a versatile player and he can play really well at left back and even left wing back. You can probably put him in there, but it's not something you want to see. I do think Southgate should have gambled a little bit, but at the same time, you need the kind of international experience um, to come into the England squad for a World Cup anyway. So I kind of understand why he's 
stuck to his guns and just took Luke Shaw. Um, I feel like Kieran Trippier, he's also an option that can play both right back and left back. So that's also an option there for Gareth Southgate to explore. Also using the whole back three, um, putting Kieran Trippier in there, Luke Shaw maybe playing a bit more just on the wing back side. So, you know, he may be less prone to getting... Um, to get in some cards, maybe we're less prone to do, doing silly mistakes in the box or what we what we all know him for. So I'm not too worried about the left-back situation. I'm more worried about the right-back situation because I don't know what we're going to do if Kyle Walker doesn't get fit enough and Trent and Trent's also coming back from injury. How Trent's fit- not going to play. Come on, he's not going to play Trent. After all of this, he's not going to play Trent. You never know. You never know. That's, that's the problem. Right now, I look at that back line and I think, we are going to struggle a little bit. And I'm, I'm actually quite happy that Ben White's there because Ben White, we know he's versatile as well. Don't talk about Ben White. That was my next question. I was going to go to Oh, America. sorry, 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 sorry. I take back everything I said about Ben White. But do you want to talk about Ben White, Peter? Yeah, do you want to talk about Ben White? Go on, wait on. Well, my question was, so obviously we've had Fakai, uh Anid is quite uh, upset about Fakai Tomori, which I can understand. Mark Way as well, another Crystal Palace player who maybe had a shout of going. Um, I've seen uh, Chris Smalling mentioned in the comments as well, who's having a great season uh, at Roma, who's been really good at Roma for the last couple of years uh, under Jose Mourinho as well. Uh, wasn't even in the shake-up there. But yet we've got um, Eric Dyer, who is, um, you know, sort of an indifferent form uh, with Tottenham, uh, to be polite. And Ben White. Okay, so whatever you make about Eric Dyer, let's let's get stuck into uh, to the Ben White question. It almost feels like this shouldn't even be a question, Ben White to be in the England squad. But Gareth Southgate has left it very, very, very late indeed, um, you know, to bring him into the fold, has he not? Yeah, um, didn't he, he? He came into the Euros, sorry, we can talk about the Euros again, but he came to the Euros squad quite late, didn't he? Because wasn't he Trent's replacement because he was injured? Uh, so, yeah, so he's, he's obviously earned his place on merit. The thing with him is he's a centre-back playing at right-back, isn't he, for Arsenal? But he's, he's doing it very well and he's, and he's made that position his own this season because they've got a good sense of partnership with obviously Saliba's done so well. I don't think anybody thought he'd do as well as he as he has. And Gabriel's been solid as well. So so Arteta's had the choice of because he wants to get Ben White in the team, he's a good footballer, or they've got Tommy Asu, obviously he's more of a more of a, a sort of natural right back. So he's got Ben White in the team as a right back. But I think if you ask Ben White, he'd want to be a centre back. Now, are we now saying he's going to be a right wing back? Because I don't think that's his position really, you know, even more removed from the right hand side. I think the right hand side of a three would be would be perfect for it. Um, that's where I see it. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I think that's that's possibly what he's got in mind. Now, obviously, I've just mentioned that's what Kyle Walker can play. So I mean Kyle Walker would be a more natural right wing back. So you know it's it, it is difficult, but I agree that Ben White is a it was a right decision for him to be in the squad. I think he's um he's really come on as a player, hasn't he? And he's and and again you look across the squad and I think it's important to have these players who can play in the various positions. So you mentioned the left-hand side. I fully expect Trippier to be able to switch over between the two. Um, and White can play, if needed, as a right wing-back. But I, I, I think he's... I, I can actually see him starting on, on, on the right of the three. Um, I think he'd be a really, really important player thing in, in that position. And Dyer? I always forget he's there. Yeah, he's there, isn't he? Uh, <laughs> yes, he's there. Um, uh, he is... Uh, I guess he wasn't there for a while, was he? He's, he's sort of pulled himself Yeah, yeah, he's... Back into contention, playing playing in the three uh, every week is going to help him because obviously not there's not that many teams at the top level who, who do that. You know, you think about the top teams that, near the top of the Premier League. There's not that many who commit to the three in the way that Conte does. So, so he's used to it. And and again, I, I get the impression that he's again similar to like a 
a Connor Cody. He's a good lad to have, to, a good lad to have around the place. He's he's someone who he's a good footballer. Um, you know, of course, we see him. Obviously, he made a mistake last week, didn't he? We 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 occasionally see these mistakes from him. Um, so he has that ability in him. But he's you know he he's been there. He he was on he was at the last World Cup, wasn't he? he scored that penalty when they got through against Colombia. So you know he's got the experience of tournaments. He's a he's a solid player, and I think he's an example of someone who. If you're prioritising, you know, harmony around the squad and, um, you know, kind of players that Southgate knows and, and uh, that he can rely on sort of day in, day out in training rather than in games. Um, he's, yeah, he's, he's someone who he probably doesn't convince everyone, but um, I can see why he's in. Uh, and to me, it shows that they're committing to this idea of a three at the back as well. Yeah, I think so. It, it it certainly hints at that when you've got people like uh, Cody and Dyer in there, yeah. and um, and Ben White as well, who you say will probably end up playing uh, that right side at centre back. And Ned, if you don't mind, um, I'd like to get your thoughts on um, Callum Wilson and and the sort of uh, first reserve slot in the squad behind behind Harry Kane. Anything could happen with Harry Kane. You know, we heard. Uh, Antonio Conte say last night after the League Cup game that he's really, really tired. He's only got 10 days to recover, really. Um, you know, Callum Wilson, w- would he have been your pick for, for this um, reserve slot uh, in attack? And if so, why? If not, why not? No, and it's to do with his injury record. Um, he's he's fit now and he's fine, but to only have him as the only recognised backup striker for someone who has had, you know, you go back through his career, he's had injuries and he's picked up injuries in fairly innocuous ways. I think it's a bit of a risk um, because then you're looking at Marcus Rashford and Rashford's not really a striker. He's not clinical enough. He spent 18 months with Ronaldo at Man United and he's still not added that ability to his game. Like if he was through one-on-one, you wouldn't be kind of going, oh yeah, this is going to be a goal with Rashford. So I think picking Wilson's a, a big worry on that front. You know, it sounds weird to say it, that, oh, but his backup striker probably won't play anyway. But he has this, you know, unnerving habit of picking up innocuous injuries in training down the years. He has done as well, anyway, and, and kind of fairly innocuous circumstances. And then you kind of think, well, if he's back up, he's not going to be playing much anyway. He's not probably going to be called on to, to change many games. He's going to be called on to play probably alongside Kane. You know, again, going back to Ivan Tony, would he have been better, a player with a better injury record down the years? You know, it's when, uh, I mean, I still find it laughable that people keep, it's, it's such a strange position, this backup striker, because you get people saying, oh, you know, England have missed out on having Mikhail Antonio, he'd have been a perfect backup striker. But it's not really that that kind of point. You know, you're not looking for game changers, you're looking for people that can kind of come in and out when need to. Um, and if it does kind of come to him, you know, even uh, Ivan Tony being able to lead that line, you have more confidence in him lasting a four-week tournament in this heat, not picking up. Again, you know, I know I say innocuous injuries quite a lot, but that's, that's just a big worry that I've got the big question mark that I've got about Callum Wilson is that, you know, you, as I've said all along on this little answer here, if you go back through his career, there are, it's just dotted with picking up unfortunate injuries at unfortunate times. And I'm just worried that who then picks up the slack if we've got a tired Harry Kane and, and you need a goal later on and you kind of maybe have to take him off or you don't play him in a certain game or he picks up an injury and then you're looking at Marcus Rashford to potentially be that man then that leads your line. And it, it, it looks a bit light if I'm being honest. Yeah, um, I think you're right. I think you're right. Rashford has not proven himself to be that centre forward, has he, uh, throughout his career? And he's probably, you know, he's he's well established in his career now. It's not as if he's a boy anymore. You know, he's he is what he's going, whatever he is now, that's what he's going to be. You know, he's not going to all of a sudden discover the ability to play centre forward at this stage of his career. Um, another one of the other inclusions, um, Anita, I wanted to come see you on this one because he's a Chelsea player and I know that you like Chelsea. Um, Connor Gallagher. You know, broadly, English players can be split into two camps, which is 
long-term favourites of Gareth Southgate, who will get into the squad no matter what they do. I'm looking at you, Harry Maguire. And then sort of, you know, these sort of flash-in-the-pan fellas like James Madison, where it's like the weight of public opinion has reached critical mass and you're just unable to leave him out and he gets in there. Conor Gallagher does not fit easily into either camp. I'm not going to lie to you, Pete. The Conor Gallagher shout really... <laughs> I was reading the team and I had to double take. I was like, Conor Gallagher, are you, are you being for real? And it's not even a detriment to Conor Gallagher at all. I love the boy. I think he's an excellent player. For Crystal Palace, he showed exactly the type of player that Chelsea fans were expecting to have when he came back this season. And obviously he hasn't quite... You've not seen, it. You've not seen that yeah. yet, have you? Yeah, he hasn't fulfilled that prophecy just yet, you know? He hasn't done that just yet, but... It, it doesn't take away with what he can bring to the team. And like you said, dressing room wise, dressing room wise, um, behind the scenes, it's Conor Gallagher, the kind of character that kind of brings in that energy. And when he comes off the bench as well, you know he can bring in that energy to give England the extra kick. And I think, what, is it five substitutes for the World Cup as well? So there's a lot of substitutes in there. There's going to be a lot of tired legs. If you want someone to rely on that can bring in that energy back into the, uh, back into the lineup, um, maybe what, 70 minutes in, 80 minutes in, if we're, if we're tired, Conor Gallagher can do just that. And he's shown it a number of times, whether he's shown it very well when he's in a Chelsea shirt is to be debated, but he's shown a number of times that he can bring that energy. So that's my only reasoning behind the whole Conor Gallagher show. I'm happy for him. Um, he definitely had a, a few more World Cups in him, you know. He could have been left behind and James Will Prowse could have been taken instead of him. But happy for him. I, I'm not too sure the exact reason why, but that's my reasoning behind it. And I don't and, know. And while we're here talking to you and talking about Chelsea, there is a question in the comments about um, Raheem Sterling. No. Oh, yeah. The the Chelsea left back Raheem Sterling, uh, where, where he's been playing. <laughs> <Left wing back. laughs> no, look, he's he's probably going to play in a partnership up front with with Harry Kane. You know, Kane yeah. comes short, Sterling goes long, that kind of thing. And the question has been, do you think he can step up uh, for England because he's been in such indifferent form for Chelsea this season? Will it matter come kickoff? Like you said, there's two categories for Gareth Southgate. You know, there's the ones that he just relies upon that will just get in no matter what. And Raheem Sterling is one of them. Is he going to be able to step it up? I think he will. I don't think he had the greatest of seasons with Man City just before the Euros. Um, and then when he came into the Euros, he lit it on fire. You know, it was Raheem Sterling who really got us going when the Euros began. So I have no doubt in my mind that Sterling for England will put up the numbers and will give up performances that he's been giving um, for the last number of years. Sterling's never let England down. And I don't think he's going to start now. His form hasn't been great, yes, but he's been played all over the gaff. Like, when you when you really watch what Chelsea's doing, we're under Thomas Tuchel, under Graham Potter. He's been played all over the gaff. And I'm just like, give the guy a break because clearly he's still trying to adjust to this new team and a new way of um, playing football with Chelsea because the way Chelsea plays football, the build-up is a lot slower than it would be for Man City so he's still adapting but England they have their set way of playing Gareth Southgate has a set way of playing and Raheem Sterling he is one of the catalysts in playing that kind of football so there you go there's your answer I, I still think that Raheem Sterling would be a really integral person to this team yeah I think if England end up scoring any goals from from open play I think he's likely to uh to be the only one really who's capable of delivering that 
Mark, I wanted to ask you about somebody we're getting a few comments on here as well. I'm not sure if we can flash these ones on the screen, to be fair. Um, Harry Maguire. So not only is he in the squad, he's probably going to end up playing, um, whether it's a four or whether it's a three uh, at the back. Can't get into the Man United team and has been on a consistent downward slide, I would say, since probably since the 2018 World Cup. Um, what is Gareth Southgate thinking here? Did he, has he just left it too late to to blood some some new defenders like like we mentioned before, Gwehi and Tamori? Are they comments from Gareth Southgate himself? Is he talking about him? Is that uh, is he? Um, no, he. I think every so often you get these players for managers, don't you? That they just love, and we might not necessarily see it. We might not necessarily see what he's what he's uh, bringing to the table. But um, I think if you again, if you're going to play a back three and you want that player on the left, and there's not many of them around, really. And I think you're probably right. I think maybe Southgate's decided, well, I can have Maguire, or I can find someone else. And it, and finding someone else is a bit hard. So so he's going to stick with Maguire, he's going to stick him there. And and I think it's just a thing that fans are just going to have to sort of suck it up, really. Um, and I, I, feel, I sometimes feel with Maguire, you know, because he is the character he is, and because of the kind of couple of seasons United have had since he's been there, he is one of those that you're looking for a mistake, aren't you? You're, just, you're, you're waiting for him to make a mistake. And then that mistake is everywhere. It's all over Twitter. Everyone's going on about it. And it might not be that big of a mistake. You know, it might just be a little funny comedy fall or something, you know. But but he's one of those. So I, I do think he gets a bit too much stick sometimes. But you can't deny he's um, he's not having... He's not having the best of times. He's not, um, you know, he's not established himself under Ten Hag. He's arguably fourth choice centre-back there. Um, I was at the game, working at the game when they lost four 0 to Brentford, and and he was he was awful. You know, he he had a terrible time, and he was he was alongside Martinez. And the thing was, everyone looked at Martinez, didn't they? Everyone was like, oh, who's this? Who's this little fellow that Man United have signed as the centre back? And everyone was looking at him, weren't they? And everyone was thinking, oh, but what have they got here? And he was, I think it was Maguire who was just pulling him all over the place. So, um, so you, you you know you saw then, and then as soon as Varane came back in, they improved. So, um. You saw then that there were warning signs with him. I don't think he's got much of a, a future left at United, perhaps beyond this season. Um, so maybe he's he's going to have to move into a sort of different part of his career. Um, and then who knows? I mean, is Southgate going to be the manager beyond this tournament? And then if he's not, will the new manager pick him? Um, so it's it's a difficult one for him. But I just think I generally think Southgate's got him as one of his first names on his team sheet, um, and and that'll be. That's just established. Mm-hmm. Can I just uh, add to the whole everyone's waiting to see that little mistake? Just for context, right? When I told my dad the team, my dad said, Yeah, Maguire's gonna give us a penalty, give us a penalty. My dad's supporting um who's he supporting? He's supporting USA. And he's like, Yeah, he's gonna give us a penalty. I'm like, Okay, Dad, thanks. Thanks for that. <laughs> I feel like there's so much negativity around Harry Maguire that I, I have to feel for him myself. I, I, I do feel like he's had a pretty bad season, well, the bad start of the season before Ten Hag actually dropped him. It was, it was quite diabolical. It was really awful. But at the same time, I know the excuse of he plays really well for England isn't always going to be on, but he does play really well for England. He plays well in the back three. And I do hope that you know, the nation gets behind him rather than, you know... Oh, yeah, that's going to happen. You know what I mean? They need to get behind him. I don't want to hear no booze. Just get behind the guy and just keep it stepping because we want to go as far as we can. Listen, the ladies won the Euros earlier this summer. Let's try and get the men to win the World Cup as well. Like, let's let's be balanced here. Come on. 
you, I think uh, maybe if um, if Serena was the manager, then maybe. Maybe, <laughs> maybe um, get Serena in next. <laughs> I wanted to Ned. I wanted to ask you. Uh, moving on from the Maguire point, or let, let's say embellishing the, the the Maguire point, there's probably a number of players within the squad, and the way that Southgate plays football, he's left himself with you know I would say prone to criticism. Um, if England indeed merit a massive inquest. After this World Cup, it'll be, we told you so, Maguire, Calvin Phillips, and so forth. One of the things he's mitigated against, or some of the criticism he's mitigated against, is that he's actually called up James Madison. Um, I shudder to think how bad the criticism would have been today if if Madison has been left out, had been left out. Is this a, a sop to the you know, to the naysayers, to the boo boys by just bringing him along for the ride and sparing himself some criticism? Or can you actually see James Madison playing a role for England at this World Cup? He's almost like, the, you know, I know I mentioned it earlier, but he's like the greedy of this squad, isn't he? I do think he benefits from the fact that it's a 26-man squad. You know, there's a few players probably in this that, that, that you know, do benefit from that. You know, it's still, I think it's the rules that we had for the Euros. Again, sorry for mentioning the Euros, um, but it's the rules that we had for then. It's over, it. Ned, you it's lost. Over. Move on, move on. Um, but about the fact that it's still got to be a 23-man match day squad, at least anyway, so there'll still be three missing out. I think that might be right. Again, I've probably got that wrong. There's every chance I have. But... That then kind of gives you flexibility. Again, with Kyle Walker not being entirely match fit, yes, he's probably allowed to take a, a punt on one of those out of him and Reese James having been fit with this 20-man, six-man squad. It allows him a bit more flexibility on that front. So again, Madison's probably benefited. I don't think if it was a 23-man squad, we'd be talking about him being in the squad right now. He probably has the toughest task if we're looking at where he's placed him um, in his squad list as well. You know, Mason Mount's been listed as a midfielder, so that suggests that he's probably going to be playing... Um, a little bit further back than what we've seen previously for England. But Madison's in there, again, competing with Greenwich, with Foden, with Saka, with Rashford, with Sterling, potentially. That's quite... All in uh, behind Harry Kane. Oh. Something will happen <laughs> in behind Harry Kane. Then. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. All, all in behind him there somewhere, somewhere. Maybe we'll just play like a 0-6-1-3 or whatever it is. Or does that make 10? I don't know. Numbers will never be strong point. But that is quite a congested and quite talented group of players that you're competing with there. And probably not in his favourite position as well. Where's he done well for Leicester this season in the number 10 role? Where's this suggest he's going to be playing for England out wide? Is that playing to his skill set? I'm not entirely sure. Um, but again, who's you know, maybe we're reading too much into this graphic about where he's placed in the team. I don't see him starting the first game. I don't think any people do. Um, and possibly... I don't, I don't see him playing one bench. minute. Yeah. I don't see him getting off I'm, the bench. I'm trying to work out where. Maybe he comes on in the second game against the USA and that's about it. But... I don't see him starting or playing in that first game and I don't see him starting or playing against Wales. I think they're two big crucial games. Um, you're right, you know, is, the, is this him bound to pressure? Possibly a little bit. He's a good character, I think, around the squad. He'll keep, you know, spirit high, I think, as well. He's quite a jovial character. He's quite good. Um, and, he, and his form has been electric as well. You have to pick players in form, you know. Whilst we've been on this, I've been trying to look through some of the quotes that Gareth's been saying in his press conference, which has been happening just before we came live today. Um, and he's talking there about the form that Tammy Abraham has been in and that he hit form a bad patch of form at the wrong time. That's the reason why he's not been included in this. Because, and, and there's a telling quote at the end of that Abraham answer where Gareth Southgate said that he believes form is going to be more important at this World Cup than perhaps before. Because, you know, we go back to previous tournaments, always in the summer, you've got, you know, two, three weeks with that squad working with them, kind of building on their confidence, bringing them back up. These players are coming straight into it. There is no time to warm up or anything. You know? And they're all they're, playing they're on boxing exactly. day. Exactly, relentless. You know, we're definitely going to see a spate of more injuries this year for sure. 
But in terms of that, you have to pick the players that are, if they are in red hot, brilliant form, you have to try and pick them where possible. You know, there's always talk about Harry Maguire should he be in the England squad. We can't say whether or not he's in good form or not at all because he's not been playing for Man United, which is fine on that front. But with James Madison, his form has been sensational for Leicester. And if Southgate is true to his word in what he said there about Abraham and why he's not brought him because he's in the wrong form at the wrong moment, Madison's the man in the right form at the right moment. Uh, I do see some comments there that he stats stat pads against basement teams. Um, I I think that's slightly harsh because I, I do think he, once he's on the ball, I think he's a he's a, a fantastic player, and I do expect England to have the ball for the most part in the group stages. Certainly against uh, Iran, Wales, and the USA. It's then when they move into the knockout rounds, I expect England then might be on the back foot and and have to defend a little bit more. Where somebody like somebody like Madison may not be of use, but certainly on the ball, I think that that you know I was expecting England to have 65-70% of the possession throughout the group stage I think he might have been might have been useful for that having said that there's a couple of other players at Leicester I'm not going to get distracted by Leicester chat here but I think Kieran and Dewsbury Hall and uh, and Harvey Barnes maybe were both in with an outside shot of this and and didn't get there certainly Harvey Barnes can give England something you know big powerful winger like he is uh, you know so while Madison's been in the conversation I think maybe Harvey Barnes might have merited a mention as well um, but we cannot mention every England eligible player who didn't get picked for this World Cup. We have to concentrate on what we have. So, Anita, I'm going to come to you for... I'm not going to ask for your starting 11 prediction against against Iran, but I, I want to ask you for your preferred 11 from what he's chosen. What kind of England would you like to see at the World Cup from 1 to 11? Um, against Iran in particular, I'd, I'd love to see a more attacking output. I would love to see possibly a 4-3-3 going forward. I, I would really like to see Bellingham in that midfield three. Um, I'd love to see um, Declan Rice. I feel like he's a starter for me in that midfield anyway. And maybe have Mason Mount on the other side of it. Very attacking, very forward thinking. Have Sterling, have um, have Sterling, maybe possibly Phil Foden, maybe, possibly. Wait, can you guys still hear me? Yep. Yeah, you just froze momentarily. As you were saying, what I'm assuming was Phil Foden. Yes, yes, yes. And of course, um, Harry Kane, I feel like Harry Kane, regardless of how tired he is, he always gives his all for England. So I do hope that he can, it will translate on the pitch as well and he will get some goals for England too. As far as my back four, I would have loved to have seen maybe a Ben White for Kai Samori link up in a, in a centre-back position, but I'm not going to get that. So um, I would love to see Ben White start in centre-back um, alongside John Stones, alongside... Um, I, I think Trent gets a lot of stick, but again, um, <laughs> maybe Trent, maybe um, Kyle Walker, who knows? I'm not too fussed on who starts in that right-back position. Um, and obviously Luke Shaw in that left-back position. So that would be my starting. And most importantly, in goal, let's keep Jordan Pickford there for now. Keep him Pickford, yeah. I know let's... I've mentioned on this show before that I would prefer yeah. goalkeepers. But um, yeah. <laughs> All right, so so yeah, we've got uh, Anita's um, preferred starting lineup. Uh, if you're watching live, drop the, drop your starting lineup in the comments, and we'll have a little discussion about it before we head off. Um, Mark, uh, if I could just ask you for your preferred England eleven, what you would like England to look like, not what I think we all know what is going to happen: seven defensive yeah. players, a goalkeeper, exactly. and Sterling and Kane. It has to be three at the back. As I say, so White, Stones, Maguire, and then a fully fit Kyle Walker can play. Can play on the on, on the right hand side. Uh, Luke Shaw can play on the left hand side. Declan Rice and Bellingham in the middle, and then a front three. I'd probably go Saka on the right, Kane in the middle, and Foden on the left. 
and then Sterling could be a kind of a super sub type figure, you know, and there's so many options, Mason Mount, Rashford, you know, and I actually have a sneak feeling that you might see Kane might get subbed a bit more than you think. Um, yeah, you know, get, get if the, if the, the result is secured, get him out of yeah. there so you can save him. Yeah. I mean, he'll he'll be he'll be devastating. He'll, he won't go and boot, won't he? But but I can see him coming off for the last sort of, you know, in like sixty five minutes, something like that, and then that's when you might see Callum Wilson or Rashford through the middle. So um, he won the golden boot at the twenty eighty one cup for I think three penalties and won the yeah. hit him on the backside. That's pretty much was it. And then it was all against Panama as well. I think I'm pretty <laughs> sure it was. Um, but no, I'll, I'll go with that. I think that's. I mean, they'll, look, they'll get out of the group, won't they? And to be honest, they should win the first two games. I think pretty easily. I could see the Wales game being a bit of a rotational game, um, where it's you know just a bit of a nothing, like a draw or something. But um, I think that that team will be fine to get out of the group at least. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ned, uh, before we get on to uh, to my England eleven, um, can I ask you for yours? Your preferred England eleven? How you would like them to play? Um, if we if we had Ned's England rather than Garrett's. Well, see, this is depressing because we can all talk about it. We all know it, and it's just going to be like completely the opposite. And it's going to be like kind of England will play the the generic four four two, but it won't be four four two. Will it be five three two? We get Southgate, but I'm trying to compare him to Mike. That's it. Anyway, move on from that. Um, probably we'll go with Pickford in goal. Um, I don't know. I like Aaron Ramsdale. I think Aaron Ramsdale's a bit of key for me. He plays better distribution than Pickford as well, and he's he's playing for a better side, and he's you know. Is what it is. Um, and I'm a Spurs fan saying that as well, saying that he's playing for a better side. Um, Defence would be probably Trent, Ben White. You're not going to think I'm a Spurs fan now, are you picking two Arsenal players? Just you wait until Bakaya Saka comes into my attack as well, and you definitely won't be sure. Um, so Trent, Ben White, uh, uh, John Stones, Harry Maguire, and Luke Shaw's your back five, kind of obviously as the wing backs. Uh, Rice and Bellingham in midfield and then a front three of Foden, Kane and Saka um, as the Spurs man there there's wide consensus in this England team I think everybody kind of has the same idea of the you know roughly at least eight of, of what they would like the start lineup to be um, and then it's just a matter of tinkering around the edges <laughs> to see what you can get to um, for me, I think Nick Pope is the best goalkeeper, so I'm going to put Nick Nick Pope in goal uh, for this team. I'm going to have Kieran Trippier as my wide right, and then I'm going to have Walker, uh, Stones, and White uh, in my middle. And then, obviously, I've got Luke Shaw left back because he hasn't picked any of the left backs. Uh, in midfield, I'm going to go for uh, Rice and Bellingham. Uh, and my front three, I will go for Mason Mount, Harry Kane, and... Phil Foden and that would be uh, that would be my England team how and ever I am not picking the team no and finally before we go we've got a few minutes left uh, Anita how f- how far is England going to go at this World Cup um, so we get I want to get two predictions off everybody one where will England end up two who's going to win the World Cup and if the same you know if the same answer applies you know don't be shy about that either <clears throat> put me on the spot <laughs> No, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. Um, how far? It it just depends. So after the group stages, I'm not too sure what the route is. I'm not, I feel I feel like Netherlands comes into play. I'm I'm not too sure. I'm not too sure on what the route is. But if along the way we meet an Argentina or we meet a Brazil, I'm afraid it's good night England for me personally. I feel like um this team right now, I don't have a lot of faith in it. 
um i know it's so it's so dark for me to say this but when we were at the euros and sorry for mentioning the euros again when we were at the euros a lot of teams were still fixing or finding their perfect 11 so spain was still finding their perfect 11 germany still finding their perfect 11 and belgium still belgium was still like the golden era but again they're still carrying on with their golden era and would that be enough for them to get further in the world cup i'm not too sure but I feel like right now England's back at the back at the uh, spot where they're finding their perfect eleven, and everyone else has kind of found theirs. So it's going to be difficult for me to put them far. I think quarterfinals would be a great achievement. I think they need France France in the quarterfinals if if things work out as expected. I think you'll go Senegal, France, Germany, probably, and then Brazil. I mean, the hard way. I, I, I don't think we beat a, a very good France team. I don't think we do. So, yeah, I think quarterfinals would be a great achievement. Semi-finals are even better achievement. I don't see us getting to the finals, which is so unfortunate because I love this England team, but I don't see it happening. But my winners for the tournament, Brazil. Brazil, for sure. It's Neymar's time to do this. Their team looks incredible. They, they can't not come away with the win for this. Danny Alves, 39 years old, doing it for... Doing it for the millennials. Listen, if Tiago Silva can do it, Danny Alves can do it too. Yeah, yeah, we've got this. <laughs> Mark, what about you? How far can England go uh, based on what you've seen at the draw, based on what you think of England's squad? And who do you think is going to win the 2022 Qatar World Cup? I think England gets to the quarters. Um, I agree with that. I think it will be a massive, um, massive failure if they don't get to the quarters. And I think... I'm not sure Southgate should bother coming home if that if if that happened. Um, so yeah, I think England quarters and see, I've been thinking Brazil, but I think I think Brazil's a bit of a boring answer. So I'm going to go Argentina. Um, I don't Messi's quite know why. Song. Yeah, it's yeah, it's a bit messy, but it's I think they've got some better younger players now than they had uh, they have had in the past. So um, so yeah, I'm going to go Argentina to win it. Okay, um, Ned. Can I come to you for your England prediction and overall World Cup? Who's going to be, uh, who's going to have the crown and glory this winter? Uh, England going in the group with the USA has given me bad flashbacks, traumatic flashbacks to 2010. Um, Rob quite Green. Frankly, yeah, yeah, yeah. And quite frankly, I think I can see England struggling to get out of the group. And if they get out of the group, I don't think they're going past the round of 16. So there we go. There's my pessimism. Um, as for winners, um, I am drawn to Germany for some reason. Um, I like the fact that they've taken themselves... They said this is such a rogue reason for why I'm going for the Germans, but stick with me. So if you look at the team base camps, all of them are all based in and, without, in and around Doha, even England. They're not a million miles away from it. So it's the buzz, it's the hubbub. Um, and it's whether or not... And I think Gareth Southgate spoke about this in the summer. Um, and I think part of the reason why England played their, uh, their home games in the uh, Nations League at Molyneux was the prep for this, in that it's a short journey from St George's Park to Molyneux, and it's going to be a short journey for them for... You know, no matter where they play in the World Cup, it's going to be a short journey. So it's how you get these players to focus because in previous World Cups, previous tournaments, there was that travel the day before. You, that's when you switch on. That's when you know. And, and England don't have that. Germany are furthest away of any team from Doha. They are right up in the north of Qatar, which probably isn't saying much because that's like saying you're going from North London to South London. But that being said, every journey that they make, they're going to be switched on. They're going to be like, right, okay, this is game time now. We've left it all behind. You know, they've probably got an hour, hour and a half on a bus journey. And that's when they focus and that's when they switch on. And I think that could be a very 
crucial. I mean, I think it's similar as well, but the level of detail and preparation they're doing it, and by going so far away, similar to what they did in the 2014 World Cup, they made sure that they were the best prepared. I think they built their own base camp for that one, and we know how that one worked out. They did, yeah. It's a bit different, seem to work well for the Germans at, at major tournaments. They've not done it in the last couple, obviously, went out in the group stages in 2018, went out to England in Euro 2020, but I like Hansi Flick as a manager, I like the group, the, the group of young players that they've got coming through, very, very talented youngsters. And I, I know it sounds bizarre, but I genuinely think putting themselves so far away and out of that that whole Doha mix really will, will help them kind of switch on when it comes to each and every game day. Mm-hmm. Interesting. You've talked no, more, about, more about the logistics than anything else. <laughs> Man's um, really giving us the psychology. I love it. For me, I think... I'll give you my England prediction first. I, I, I'm with Ned. I think they're going to struggle in the groups. And the reason for that is because they've been, they've been struggling for the best part of a year, you know, losing 4-0 to Hungary. Uh, it just feels like the thrill has gone. The spark has gone a little bit for England. They've really struggled to score from, set, from, from anything other than set pieces. They're going to be very, very reliant on getting penalty kicks, I think, no matter who they're playing. They could be playing anybody. That said, I do think they, they'll squeak it out of the groups. Last 16, if they play Senegal... And Senegal don't have Sadio Mane, which is looking unlikely at this stage. Then they may get through that. I know that their their big players, Koulibaly and and um, Mendy, have been struggling for form at Chelsea too. So I just wonder whether they're going to have enough against England. That said, I think the story ends at the quarterfinals for England. Uh, if they play France in particular, it's all over. And the winners of the World Cup. I know I've mentioned Brazil before, but let's um, let's go for something different because you know everybody says Brazil. I'm going to go for um, I'm going to go for Belgium in this case. So reason being, I think this is you know golden generation. They've got great talent. If Lukaku recovers from injury, obviously they've got Lukaku, De Bruyne, Hazard, all of those guys, and emerging centre backs as well. Yuri Tielemans on unbelievable form. Uh, I'm just going to go for I'm going to go for Belgium. And with that with the message that Anita has just sent me that her laptop battery is about to die, I think it would be a good uh, place to break. So guys, let us know in the comments what you thought of the show. Um, Give us your feedback, follow us all on socials, and more importantly, enjoy all of Reach's content during the 2022 World Cup. We're sending a full team out there. Um, You're going to enjoy it a lot. Uh, Thanks for joining us today. That's Anita, Mark, Ned, and myself. And we'll hopefully uh, see you sometime soon for the first of our World Cup Football Digests. Thanks very much.